Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners podcast, episode number 16. Today, we're going to talk about pacing. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. Okay, welcome back to the Trail Manners podcast. As always, sitting here with Mr. Joel Hatch. Joel, how are you? Doing pretty good. I'm feeling a little out of sorts because we're not in either the bus or the basement right now. Yeah, we're in a different room with some different acoustics. Yeah, we're sitting at a table, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Because normally we do either, you know, in the bus, hanging out, fending off the uh, trailhead riffraft, or I'm standing up in your office drinking a beer. Which isn't a bad place to be with a beer. It's not. So today we are, where are we? We're at uh, we're in Ogden, Utah, just right here at the base of some beautiful mountains. I can see uh, probably Malins if there was a window right there. I can see it from my window. Oh yeah, there looking go. pretty good. There we go. There we go. So yeah, we've got this. We're gonna try something new today. We have two guests yep. on the show, not one, but two. And we'll get to them in a sec. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. have to hold on for just a minute because we need to do something that we've been doing for the last few weeks. And our guests need to take care of something too. I think for a minute. Um, but let's uh, let's jump right into what's going on right now. Right. So what what happened this past weekend? What was the big thing here? Here? Yeah, here. Uh, well, there was running up for air. Yeah. That was uh, put on by Jared Campbell, a little fundraiser to clean the air up in beautiful Utah. And I think they had some really good participation from uh, the looks of it. Yeah, they had some great great runners down here and a lot of people going out watching it and enjoying a lap or two or three or four or, or all the way to 11. Yeah. I think when I saw an update this morning, Jared Campbell's done 10 or 11 laps, which is really amazing. Yeah, Grandeur Peak is not an easy climb. No, no joke. Um, I did have a chance to check in with uh, Luke Nelson this morning. He did get six laps in, um, and you're probably thinking, only six laps. Well, he was only supposed to do six laps under the direction of his coach. Uh, His coach is Scott Johnson from UphillAthlete.com. And he has Luke just dialed in right now. Luke said he feels so much better this year than compared to last year. And that's scary, thinking about that. Yeah, right? I mean, he's way focused. All his races are at the end of the year. I think he's going to do well. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what he does over in Europe, representing the U.S. of A. That's right. Then I also talked with Ty Draney. Uh, He did all right. He fell down, bruised his ribs, but he he rallied. He should be all right. Yeah, he's, he's five weeks out from Barkley. Oh, that's right. So he said that's in five weeks. It's five weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. So I can't he, wait to hear some of those stories. Yeah, he said he didn't want to put himself in too much of a hole right now. Yeah. So well, just, broken ribs won't help. <laughs> well, I don't think they're broken, but uh, bruised. Bruised. All yeah. right. Bruised ribs will give. You know, that. you know how you are if you're from Wyoming. You don't break anything. That's true. That's true. You just fix it with baling wire. So I'm not quite sure there was much else going on this past weekend in our little world over here. Uh, so what we got coming up next weekend? Uh, I think coming up, there's some races. You got way too cool. That's coming up pretty close. Yep, that's got, old school. Yeah, you right? got uh, that down in California mm-hmm. with some poison ivy or oak Ooh. or whatever they got there. Yeah, that's the pretty infamous there. Yeah, and then uh, Chuck and Nut, Chrissy Mel, she's yep. got that killer race up in the Northwest. A bunch of fast guys are doing that and yeah. gals doing yep. that. And what else do we got going on? Buffalo runs a couple weeks out, yeah. like three weeks now. That's uh, right. And for, for the Buffalo what's the other one the same weekend? Um, uh, that one is Monument Valley. That's right. Yep, down south of southern Utah for uh, Matt Gunn and Ultra Adventures. So. so I think by the time our podcast airs, the registration for the Buffalo run will be closed. I think it closed already. Mm, today's, is today the 28th? Yeah. 
I think the registration closes on March 1st. Oh, doesn't? All right. I thought it was already closed. Well, if you get into that situation where you really want to do the race, then you're going to have to bribe Jim Skaggs. And, and he's not opposed to that. You know, there's there's an inside tidbit you'll get from our show that he can be persuaded. Yeah, you'll have to go back to the, the episode where we ep- uh, interviewed him, and th- that information's in there. That is, so you're going to have to listen. Sorry, we're not going to spill the beans right now. Nope, not going to make it easy for you. I think some other interesting information that came out is the is it the Magoyan Mago, Magon, but I don't know how to pronounce that um, word. I think it's Mugion. Okay, that's or Mugion or something okay. like anyway, that. Anyway, the something monster, right? I don't right. Know they actually, it's a hard rock qualifier. They canceled it. Yeah, that's too bad. I think yeah. that race director just, from what it sounded like, it was just too much. Yeah, and that's you know he was honest about why he stepped away, and maybe right. someone will pick it up because I've heard a lot of good things about the course. It looks pretty. It and does. Again, being a hard rock, hard rock qualifier, there's not a whole lot of those, so losing no. one is going to cause some problems. Especially at this stage of the game. If people are counting on that as their qualifier, well, I think all the other qualifiers, and even the one that we love, and looking at our other guests, no names. might be no names. Uh, getting some extra attention. We'll have to see. We, we, we'll see. I think it will. You know, but I, I want to get a little beef out real quick. Okay. I think we've done this in the past. So I'm kind of a data geek. And with our podcast, I have been excited to see where people are listening to us from different countries all over the United States. But I'm going to I'm gonna call out three states. There are three states in the U.S. that have not downloaded or listened to our show. Those punks. Arkansas, West Virginia, and Nebraska. Where are you? They need to step it up. Step it up. And if you know someone from there, come on. Let's get them on. Let's let's black out the map for the U.S. Because we got some uh, other countries, the U.K., Australia. Sweden? They're picking it up. Sweden's on there. Yeah. Brazil. Um, they're picking it up. We need those three states. So can you help us out? Okay, uh, beef over. All right. So I think one thing that uh, we need to kind of talk about, and I think we're allowed to talk about it at this point. A couple weeks ago, we learned that our good friends, John and Christian, Christian, Christian? Christian. Christian. Wojciechowski are no longer associated with Striders. Yeah, that uh, that came as a shock to a lot of people in our area. They have uh, two locations. They've been around for over 10 years. Um, open running store in Layton First, where I bought, before I ran, I think I bought my first pair of running shoes in their first location. Right. Um, in Layton. And then, they, of course, they've, they've grown quite a bit and did a lot for the community, uh, put on a bunch of races, were always involved with stuff. Um, and, you know, it's... it's uh, it's a shock, and I think, you know, Kristen and John deserve, you know, a pat on the back for everything they've done for this area, for sure. I know a lot of people have spoken out saying, hey, I got into running. They treated me like family, you know, whatever your story is. But uh, we just want to go on and say, John and Kristen, we appreciate everything because you've helped us out in the early days. Joel and I put on some races that you were there for to help us out, and we did our uh, yep. little trail series. Um, you let us pick pick your brain and assist us a lot there, so... Uh, and then with our running group, he helped us there, too. So thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. So what do we got up next here? So what's going on on the website this week? Well, there's going to be some excitement. And when I mean excitement, I mean some excitement. There is going to be some gear. Yep, gear. I was messing with it today. So if you were paying attention to the Facebook page today, you saw two posts from the Trail Mares website. And they had alluded to T-shirts. And I was just kind of trying to teach myself the uh, the WooCommerce that runs the uh, our little store, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have some T-shirts and some hats up for sale. And if you haven't seen our trucker hats already, the snapback hats—they're nice. Yeah, we've got the the Boco gear hats, which are almost gone. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we can order some more. But we also have some from our Kickstarter campaign. A few styles will be up on the website. But the shirts are what I'm excited about. Well, <clears throat> the PI shirt, you know, you know my affinity for that one. That yeah, thing that, is so comfy. It's super soft. Yeah. It's it's a great shirt. Um, so those will be those will be up there to help support us and uh, you know, show your love, you know, spread the word. So look for that after you uh, listen to the episode, head on over to trailmanners.com and buy some gear, folks. That'd yeah, be nice. That'd be awesome. So I think we're ready to kind of take a little break. Yep. Uh, we got to get our guests situated. Got to get them primed. And uh, we've got a topic we want to discuss, and it's going to kind of roll into the topic we should do in the next show or two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to correlate with that, but we'll uh, we'll be right back with two guests. Not one, but two. So we got four people sitting here. 
wires everywhere. That's right. We got wine. We've got gin and tonics. We've yeah. got there's a coffee cup. <clears throat> fresh squeezed. And Joel today brought some Deschutes fresh squeezed IPA. To and we got through. some pizza today too. Lucky slice pizza, baby. It was good stuff. That is so good. <laughs> and we also have a dog here that's roaming around. Uh, must have had some scrambled eggs for breakfast. Um, so uh, yeah. So if we start gagging and coughing, it's because of the dog. Yeah, it, it is. You know, it's not an excuse. It is the dog. So we'll be ready. Hi, this is Ty Draney, and you're listening to the Trail Manners Podcast, bringing the dirt and the vert. All right, welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. So today we have two guests. I don't think we've ever had two guests before. So joining us today is Brienne Clark. How are you doing, Brienne? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. And we also have Harrison Fluman. Harry, how are you doing? Good. How are you? So today we're at Brienne's sweet little house at the base of the foothills of the Wasatch. It is awfully nice. I'm loving your little house. It's pretty sweet. Thank you. And we are here today to talk about pacing because it's that time of year, folks, where you're going to have to get those pacers lined up. And, and for, for many people, they don't understand pacing early on. No. And that's what this show is about, is to help people understand what I need a pacer for, how to select a pacer, what is a pacer, and what, as a pacer, are my expectations. Yeah, because uh, it's an inexact science, I think. It's, it's this will be a tutorial. Yeah. So where should we start? I think we'll we'll just throw this out there and let them kind of fight about it, but... Um, first of all, as we do, because Harrison and Brian are, are veterans and they've been around a long time running. Um, they've paced people. They've had pacers. They've run some, you know, tough races. Um, they've run some really hard races. Um, so we want to know for a race, you need a pacer. How do you select your pacers? Cause you know, a lot of runners, right? How do you select the pacers you're going to use for a race? Do you want me to go? Sure. You can take this one. Okay. The way I select a pacer would be completely different for the reasons Harrison would select a pacer. The re- I have to actually like the person. Hands down, one, you have the potential to be with this person for a very long period of time. You actually have to genuinely like them because odds are, even if you really love this person, you may not like them very much by the end of this. Nope. So what, ha- like, so you like this person, right? So they've got to be a runner. Okay. Yes. And so well, let's throw out a 100-mile race. You get three pacers. You have, say, mile 50 to mile 65. You have 65 to 80 and 80 to 100. So you have the three sections. How do you select who goes where? Honestly, I go off of level of experience. Um, the potential later in the race for you to fall apart, um, I need somebody who knows me. Um, because I may not know myself by that point. So I need somebody who will keep me fueled, who will allow me to puke on them, essentially, and will not let me get up. They'll, they will give up. They'll, let me, they'll keep pushing me and motivating me. Um, and they kick me out of aid stations. So that's a trap, getting into an aid station. Oh, absolutely. So perfect example for me is Desolation Lake, the Wasatch 100. Yeah, never sit down there. If you sit down there, you're you're in trouble, right? Yeah. So, as a runner, so you're running a race, Harrison. You're in a race. You maybe not. You're not feeling it. You know, maybe your feet are tired. Maybe you're just a little sore. Maybe you need some rest. But you need to get out of that aid station. And a pacer is pushing you to get out. How do you respond to something like that at mile 80? Well, like Brian said, um, you should go into a race. Uh, with a patient that really knows you. So um, hopefully you've discussed beforehand, you know, kind of what your strategy is, what you normally do at an aid station, what kind of food you like, um, how long you want to stay at the aid station, whether they're going to let you sit down or not. So um, typically um, you should already kind of have a plan before you hit that aid station as to what you should do. What about a safe word, right? So maybe you've given them all your rules right. before the race, but maybe you're backwards at mile 80. Is there a, is it good to have one of those in place that you can pull that out of your pocket and say, nope, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and they know that you're, oh, he needs a minute, right? I mean, is that, yeah. is that something that can be done? I mean, I'm sure it could be. I have not had a safe word for a race um, in particular. <laughs> but, okay. You know, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I just think that 
that person you you run with, and I'm pretty um, selective on pacers. I don't. I've only had a few that have actually paced me. They should know. They should know you really well. They should. You know, when I'm pacing someone, I'm listening behind me. I can tell if they're struggling, if they're not. I can tell if you know if if they've even broke their stride into a walk, and I'll walk. So you should really know that person really well, um, and you shouldn't really have to, unless the wheels completely fall off. Right. Um, you shouldn't really have to be kicking someone's ass um, no. out of a station, in my opinion. So then what makes a good pacer? I mean, it seems like it's a combination of things. So Brian has paced me, um, and she paced me at the Wasatch 100. Joel's paced me. Uh, yeah. Harrison's not paced me and because he's too fast for me. And uh, so thinking about a good pacer, okay, you got to be part psychologist, right, as a pacer. You need to know how to figure things out. A doctor, someone that is liked. It's almost like a compass, right? A map, someone that can entertain you. So, what do you, what makes a good pacer? Like, what do you look for? Like, not just experience, but what what characteristics should a pacer have? I like somebody who, I mean, it all goes back to how you know me. So, you can actually push me further than my breaking point. Um, I'll go face down, ass up before anybody ever actually realizes um, that there's something wrong. So, uh, for instance, Debbie, Debbie Farka. She was probably one of my first pacers that had to deal with me in a state of where I don't make sense. Slurred words, throwing up, dizzy, not making sense. Um, She knew there was something wrong, but I mean, there are points in a race when you really don't have the resources to fix that. So she was able to pull me to a point where she could take care of me. She ran ahead of me. She got, it was salt. I mean, she, she she's ran with me enough. She just kind of knew this is salt. But she also didn't coddle me. She didn't wrap me up in blankets, stick me next to a fire, say, oh, she's not making sense and doesn't feel really good. She just, it's that gentle pushing and pulling motion, but not coddling. I mean, once once you get to the point where you're coddling, then you're not really pacing anymore. No, you'll never get them out of the aid station no. once that happens. You you gotta be pretty persistent with their forward motion. So a lot of the stuff I'm hearing, what would make a good pacer is like uh, a college wingman, right? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I never had that college experience before, so well, there was some pushing and pulling going on. Yeah, that's right. Previous, I don't really know. Okay, that was so kind of like my college experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. You went. Uh, you went to Penn State. That's true. We don't want to go there. So uh, <laughs> let's let's flip the let's flip the switch a little bit. So now you're the pacer. Okay. How do you prepare to, as a pacer? It's totally. It's a whole different ball game. And I'll tell you what. From my side, I have been more nervous and more anxious as a pacer than I have been as the hundred mile runner. So what what's your mindset as a pacer? Oh, absolutely. Harrison should take this one. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. My, when I pace someone, I'm heads and shoulders way more nervous and way more prepared to pace someone than I'm at to actually run a race. And so why is that? Um, I just think that you, you know, that person that's you know, picked you, you know, they've entrusted you to kind of take care of them or, or push them. And the worst thing you can do as a pacer is, you know, not be prepared or take a wrong turn or, you know, just, you know, no. really – or run them into the ground, or right. just just make an error and cost your runner, you know, their performance. So I, that happens, I think, a lot with new pacers, and I've been guilty of that. Oh, I, being really excited to well, pace and then run them into the ground. Well, yeah, kind of. I did both: ran them into the ground and got lost. <laughs> Corey Johnson, Wasatch 100, the first time I think I've ever paced. Now, this was probably like 2007 or so, and uh, I picked him up at Lambs back when you could uh, drive up there. Drive up there, yeah. yeah. Now you can't. And uh, it's a big old party, and Corey gets in there. He's feeling pretty good, and he's eating some uh, like grilled cheese as we're leaving the aid station. I'm like, all right, it's time to run. Yep. I'm excited. And we get like 30 yards up that road, and he's like, dude, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's walk. <laughs> so we walked really fast up that road. And you know it's only like a mile up that road. And you know the turnoff is right by the bathrooms. 
I've never done that before. We probably went a good mile beyond those bathrooms oh, before Corey goes, I think we went too far. And this is somebody that's probably done it like five times, yeah. you know, uh, by, by that yeah. point. Yeah. So that, that was my first pacing experience was I got him lost and I tried to run him into the ground. Have you been asked to pay since? Oh, yeah. But <laughs> See, here's, <laughs> here's the deal, though. You can I, do no wrong. No, I'm cursed <laughs> as a pacer. Every time I've paced, something has gone wrong. And I'm not saying that it's not going to go wrong. You're always going to have that, that issue, that problem you got to deal with. But it seems like, well, I got Corey lost. Uh, I paced Corey and Tom at the Bear, tore my meniscus, and had to run an extra 25 miles on that. Uh, let's see. I paced a girl at Wasatch one year, and she was having intestinal bleeding. Mm. I'm going to leave it at that's that. That was. That was rather difficult to deal with. We got her up to Upper Big Water, and she had to drop there. Um, let's see. I paced Eric at Wasatch a couple years ago, and his stomach went so south. But that's to be expected. It is to be expected. You know, I think that's just part of the course, and you just got to learn how to deal with that when it happens as a pacer. I think the, the stomach going south. That's just too common, so you can't blame. I mean, my stomach right. goes south with a gassy dog. Yeah, but yours was just wrecked. I yeah, mean, when you get to mile wrecked. 75, and <laughs> I, was I, I wasn't I was sure you were plug. able to, to go on at that point. Yeah. And then, let's see here. Last year, I was supposed to pace Misty at the Bear, and she didn't even get out of mile 60. Yeah, that's where I dropped her off. So I think I'm kind of cursed as well, a I'd pacer. Pick, I'd still pick you. I actually puked on Harrison. Right. Yeah, and I, you know, Everywhere. Joel hit on something about you know the stomach going, and I think... Um, picking a pacer that has experience, like Brian said, really helps. Um, so if, you, like me, my stomach always goes during 100-mile races. Well, so yeah. I kind of know what I would normally do to help that along. So as a pacer, um, if you have that experience, you can hopefully help that your runner you know, figure out some things that might work. Um, and honestly, I've never happens. had anybody do it better than him. Well, he just flips you over to straight liquids. And I think that's why we brought... You know, you two on the show today, because I mean, Harrison is known as being a very meticulous pacer. Yeah, and that's why we wanted to bring him here, pick his brain. What makes a good pacer? If you're thinking about pacing, maybe you can pick up some tips on this show. So, what are what are the pros and cons of being a pacer? What are the pros and what are the cons? The good, the bad. Um, I don't know about cons, but I mean, pros. Um, it could be a race that, uh, like Wasatch. I have only attempted it once, dropped. I never want to do it again, you know, that type of thing. But I can pace at Wasatch and still get 25 miles on the course and not pay a dime and, you know, help your friend out. So that's that's a pro. You get to see the course. doesn't cost anything. You don't invest 24 to 36 hours. Um, so that's a big, big pro. Um, and you get to check out courses you might not, you know, experience and just generally have a – hopefully have a good time. Right. It's kind of a way of giving back, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think I think my pro uh, for being a pacer is I've had the fortune of pacing a couple people to the, at the Bear. Uh, one year, the last 40 miles, uh, someone at their first 100. And then the following year, someone's first 100, the last 25 or so. And I think for me is watching them finish. Right. right? And I've paced people in like a middle section, but have gone to the finish to watch them come across. And the, the, the high you get watching somebody cross a finish line of 100 miler as being a small part of it, and knowing what they've gone through in certain areas, that's a huge, inspiring, uplifting experience. Yeah, it is. And I think, I mean, I'm looking around the table right now, and everybody's smiling. So I think everybody yeah. knows what I'm talking about here. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And I've had the opportunity. I mean, huge pro, like everybody said. It's like the cruise ship version of a race. So you do get to not only see a course that you wouldn't otherwise see, but you get to also, you get to glean some knowledge. You, um, I had paced several times before I ever did 100, and I think Eric was the first person to tell me, well, you've paced now, you're going to end up doing one. He was so right. Um, because once you've paced, you, ki- you kind of get to see how people fall apart and, and be okay with it. It's like this acceptance thing, like, oh, yeah, that, that looks horrible. And, then, and, I mean, it is a different feel once you're in that space. Um, and I've paced people who have come in just before cutoff, and it is the coolest experience. And then I've paced Harrison at Buffalo Run last year when he came in second. Um, and 
probably the funnest part of that pacing is when you came in, let's see, what was it, mile 60-something? I wasn't supposed to pace yet, and he said, grab your shoes, we're going. And just to be able to run, he didn't feel good, and just to run him, to catch him back up to where he thought he was doing a lot better, and just to see him pull through that, those low spots. And then he's vice versa. He's pulled me through some serious low spots. Yeah. The, um, and if I didn't have a pacer, that probably wouldn't have happened. No, and I think, you know, just you guys touched on it. Just to see people go through those really super low spots, you at, a, at an unnamed um, fall 100-miler, you know, pulling you through that. Um, I mean, just I've never seen anyone actually hit that sort of low. Um, and just to, see, just to witness that, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. Right. Um, and then with, with Debbie in that same unnamed race, um, I mean, she had a tough, tough race. But she got hurt. She got hurt. She got and, hurt. And just to watch someone actually just battle through that, right. I mean, that's just, that's just awesome to see. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it was one of those things that they get to the point where they're barely even moving, and you say, listen, you're now at a point where you, you either – it's go time or you don't finish or, or you, or just keep you going. push through it. Right. And just to see them push through yep. that point. Well, I mean, anybody out there that's experienced a 100-miler or going to experience a 100-mile race, it, you put a lot of time, you put a lot of effort, you put a lot of things on the back burner. You know, your family, your job, your friends sometimes um, to prepare for something like this. So to see it happen, um, that's huge. So we talked about all the pros. So what are some of the cons? Because they are there. Let, let's not make it all rosy. Yeah, um, a, a con I can see is if you pick a wrong pacer. Right, um, so from the runner's perspective. That's, yeah. It can be a con from the runner's perspective, definitely. Right. Um, the only other con I can see, um, because I guess there's a debate between, you know, whether you should have pacers or shouldn't, whether it helps or doesn't. Is it, is it you know, quote, cheating or, or whatever? I don't think it's cheating, if you know, if a race allows it. Right. Um, the only con I can see is if, not really a con, but if you want to do it solo, and you want to see what you can do without anyone helping you, basically. Well, um, you're not going to select pacers at that point. So, I mean, yeah. I think the biggest thing is if you choose the wrong person, it can really ruin that experience for you. Well, yeah, and as a pacer, if you're a runner, if you're considered like their lucky pacer, Jim Skaggs knows exactly what I'm talking about, he has a race that he likes to run every year. He's going to do that. Jim, don't even ask again. Yo, I'm nope. not even joking. This two was months, a solid no for two years. Two months from now. <laughs> no, two months, it's two months from now. Yeah, it's in April. He is keyed up for that. Oh, yeah. And now it's become a joke. He'll yeah. just ask me knowing damn well that just it's a no. Just to see what your experience is. Yeah, Eric your, and I both paced him. Yeah. And, and some people love that race. If you agree to pace somebody, you must love that race. That's Otherwise, right. it is going to come out of every fiber of your being that yep. you detest being on that course. Right. And that's the last thing your runner needs. No, yeah, you don't want to be that pacer out there being a negative nanny. And, you know, last time I paced was with Eric at the Wasatch two years ago. And we were both just not happy with the last 25. And we both started griping about it. And I'm like, well, I can't gripe about it because I'm here to help him. But... He and I are such good friends. We run a lot. We both, re you both know what kind of what you're thinking at that point. So you got to find that person that enjoys that course or is willing to shut up about how much they hate it, right? Oh, yeah. So, so I think one of my cons, and I don't, again, I don't know if they're cons. I don't know if that's the best way. One of the things that's difficult is when you pick your runner up, right? So they yeah. give you an idea. Hey, I'm going to be here, at <laughs> hopefully between these, like one a.m. to four p. four a.m. So you got a three hour window, right? Right, and your runner like comes in at like six, six in the morning. Yeah, and you're so you've just been like, there. So the waiting yeah. is tough. It I is mean, tough. I've been to a race before where my I thought my runner dropped. Like Ooh. I was, I heard, hey, that's you're right. We were we were at the bear. <laughs> you right. and you, I was going to pace for a ten mile section. You were supposed to do the last like forty, yeah, yeah. or twenty five, and it turned out to be forty. We heard that the runner had dropped, and so we were grubbing. Someone yeah, brought out oh my ribs, gosh. pizza, and we're like well, fried chicken. Yeah, we're like, Larry what? Adams' wife brought <laughs> ribs. like ribs, oh, and man. Eric and I were destroying the ribs. <laughs> and then next thing you know, here comes the runner's wife, and we're like. Yeah, did you hear? He he dropped. No, he's he'll he's, be here in like ten minutes. And then I had to hurry up and get ready to, to pace. And here I am, that full belly, just not. I'm just like, oh man. But, <laughs> but my section went okay. I mean, we walked for ten miles, and 
it turned out okay. He finished. He, he finished. finished the race. But yeah, that it's just that waiting part because yeah. as anxious and nervous as you are, then you times it by ten because you're every runner that comes in, you're like, okay, that's I gotta get ready. That's my nope. That's not it. In oh. some races, if you're lucky, the pacer before you, if if you have a pacer before you, can send you text. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that can be even worse because. Last time I paced you, Debbie Farco was sending me texts. Oh, yeah. Those texts probably didn't read too well. Right. And she was like, oh, Eric's stomach has gone south. And I'm sitting at the aid station going, oh, man, is he going to be able to keep going? Yeah, that can be nerve-wracking, too. And I did not want to. No. I mean, basically, Mark Coleman said, you have to leave my aid station. And he did. And he finished. I, I did. I left it. And I probably, I don't know, not a lot of good things to say when I left. But they got me to the finish. That's right. So that's those are some of the, you know, maybe not so perky things, but you do. It's like Brian mentioned earlier, vomit on somebody. They yep. get to see you. People yep. see you at your worst raw moment. Brian paced me, Wasatch, and like a like a brainiac I am, I tried a new supplement. Right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, this. I tried it for one training run for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. I'm like. Oh, this thing is spot on. Magic. I am taking it. And I read the label. Take one to two tablets hourly as you know needed. I'm like, well, let's see. This race is 30 hours. I'm going to need 60 <laughs> of these tablets. <laughs> so I'm at mile 20. And between mile 20 and when Brain picked me up, I hit the bushes like 10 times. Oh, yeah. And she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. She said, what are you taking? And I told her. And she goes, Eric, that's what hospitals use to make people poop. <laughs> <laughs> and you she goes, how, well many, she's like, how many have you taken? I'm like, mm, like 25. <laughs> we were probably a solid eight miles into my pacing section. Oh, and that touches on another thing. The other kind of con difficult thing, and I could be guilty of this. I hope I'm not anymore. Um, the chatty Kathy or the too excited cheerleader version that you're just way too excited to pace. Oh, yeah. For the first time ever, Eric actually told me to shut up. Oh. Scott's pass. I don't remember this, <laughs> yeah. just for the no, record. I br- yeah, I bring this up all the time. <laughs> is, that, but, is that before or after you called me obese? I didn't. <laughs> we have this history where Eric thinks I called him obese <laughs> right after we... That was after the oils discussion. The Grand Canyon, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. For yeah. the record, I never have called Eric obese. To my face. I have never called Eric obese. <laughs> However, I also have had two chatty Cathy's and cheerleaders, Debbie Farka and Jim Skaggs. They know this exactly because I basically Ooh. rained on their parade. Debbie filmed me and put it to a Charlie Chaplin music when I wanted to stab, I actually think I threatened in the video to stab her with my pole. Nice. She, she will totally back me up on this. She was so excited to pace me at Chimera that she was videoing me and she was cheery and she was heading up the hill. Was that her first pacing experience? Absolutely. And Eric was my first pacing experience. <laughs> so before he was crapping his pants off the side of the trail, I was so excited. Well, there we have so it. I so think- that's I'm saying. That's a pitfall. And then Jim, right. I was like, a solid six hours late coming in at the race that should not be named. Right. And he came running up the road. Oh, I'm I there. think I may have threatened to stab him as well. I think Jim had been drinking quite a bit. That too. That trip. I think and all he of was us were, ready so. to go. He was, yeah. And that's, you know, so for the record, the, for real, the, ch- the chatty Cathy's, the cheerleader type, those are the ones that usually are the closest to like a roundhouse kick, right. an uppercut. <laughs> but well, if I could have mustered one on both times, <laughs> yeah. that, it would have happened. Yeah. So, so as your first pacing experience, I think that's what you need to take away from this is you, you have to have a good idea what your runner state is. So your runner comes into the aid station. You need to do that quick assessment. How are they doing? What do they need? How am I going to, as the pacer, react to them going out of this aid station? You might be really pumped. You might be excited, but you're going to have to tone it down a little bit. I, I think that's safe to say. No, it is. And, you know, the other thing that crosses your mind is how many gummy bears can I stuff in my pocket? As yeah. a runner or as, as a, a pacer? Oh, as a pacer. As you a eat, pacer, you yeah. eat like a king as a pacer. Oh, you do. Oh, oh so yeah. So much better than the runner. It's like a oh, buffet at everything. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, give me two of those pancakes. I'm going to go sunny side on those eggs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, when that three bacon. grilled cheese. It's oh, yeah. Great. When, Eric, when I paced you last time, Eric, at Wasatch, we came in the Aunt Knowles, and I think Eric Storheim was manning that one. That, and he had, like, venison, like, freaking sausage oh, that he made. I ate and like a king there, too. That was when your stomach turned around, but I did, too. And then sometimes I feel bad as a pacer, you know, eating really good food like that. I because I know no, giving I it out really there... No, I never really felt bad about that. No, but getting it yeah. out to Aunt Noel's is not easy, right? Right. 
No, so, it's not. That's a that's a that's a hump down that hill. That's a straight down. We're gonna after we get to the top. Right. Yeah. That's a bomb. But yeah. true. I mean, you got to get your food for for your runner, and then you got if you're lucky, you get some food in you too. Yeah. 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 At some point, it's got to be about the pacer. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. So there. You, th- I mean, that's kind of the pacer side of it, right? Okay. But, so I've got a question for you. So you're you're a runner, and you've got some pacers. What do you get your pacer as a gift? Because this is something oh. that, that I think is, you know, back in the day, and when I say back in the day, it's really not back in the Last day. Last week. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. like 2005, <laughs> six, seven, eight. I never got a gift as pacing. Now it's almost like expected. I don't expect it, but. You got your runner lost. Well, that was my <laughs> gift to him, right? You got, bonus miles. You got a compass yeah, and a map. Yeah, bonus miles. That was, but you know what? He paid me back. We got up on Red Lovers Ridge, and he tried to lay down, take a nap at midnight. And I'm like, no, you're not allowed to do this because it's cold. And, you know, Corey, he's just out of his mind at that point. And he's like, I'm going to lay down right here and take a nap. He found some wild onions and kept yeah. going. Probably. Oh, yeah, he did. Pulled out the, out the cheese out of his pack. <laughs> It's been there for several months. Right. Mm -hmm. So back to the question. Should you get something for your pacer? Like a gift? Like a thank you gift? I do. I really do. And I kind of take a... I I get this... Debbie's my thoughtful friend. Well, yeah. So I bounce these off of her because she really... I mean, she got got me copper mugs. That's way too fancy. Oh, God. She's at Pace Debbie. She got me copper mugs. I did. Debbie, I'm going to, uh, whatever race you run, I want to pace you next. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, she's doing that race that shall not be, hor- be named. Right. Yeah. yeah, she can't be horrible enough to not make up for her pacer gift. I don't think huh. it's necessary, but I do. I, I, know, I don't expect it, though, as a pacer. I think, like, T-shirt, that's kind of like, you always give them a T-shirt, right? Yeah, I don't think I've oh. ever, yeah, I think I've done the, the buy them a T-shirt thing. But typically, yeah. I've just, you know, if you pay somebody, they return the favor. Yeah, I think that's, next that's that should be like an unwritten rule. Yeah. You but always return that favor. Yeah, I think you're kind of in that loop where you, when you're called upon, you just step up. Yeah. Right, but I think the, the whole gift thing, I think it depends on where you're at because I've had pacers before where I've given them like shoes and wardrobes because I could, right? Right. So they had the same kit. Uh, a oh, six-pack yeah. of beer, I think, is... I think that's fair that's, if you drank beer. Yeah, or, you know, whatever. But I right. think that's where you know your pacer, right? And so... What do they like? You know, what can you do for them? But it's, I think it's something that, I don't know. There, I think there's a, a, it'd be nice to hear what people think about this, I think. Because I yeah, think the shirt one, you know, kind of from the race, a commemorative thing. But I've talked to people says, don't do that because I didn't run it. I wouldn't wear it because I'd feel True. uncomfortable. I, I've got some of those sitting at the house right now. Yeah, I do too. I got one from a 5K I paced. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wear it. Is that, is that the, run, the run event that you did in Texas? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's where Rob Carr and Stephanie Howe were there, and they <laughs> smoked everybody. Yeah, that was funny. That was yeah. awesome. Exactly. So, I've no, got... I don't expect one. Okay. I, I don't expect a pacer gift. I think it's nice. I like to give them. I mean, you give up a day and a half of your time. I I feel like I should do something. And for it that. is like a true day and a half. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're talking Which, sleep, especially if you go out of town. Well, now they got races on Fridays more than you do. You, you know, mainly it was Saturday, Sunday races, right. so that was easier. But now it's like Fridays, where I've taken off at like noon on a Friday and not Take paced till like Saturday yeah. morning. Yep, because you want to be there, get ready, you know, and or you have wait. to or you you, and, get there and get ready, and you wait. And the and here's the thing we haven't touched on. This is to me one of the worst things. Okay, is the coordination between pacers and vehicles. Oh, yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? I'm going to drive here. I'm going to drop my car off. I'm going to pace. How do I get back to my car? Can I take your car? Do I loop it around to the third leg? Are you going to go to the finish? Because that's like 73 miles away. Yep. But I have to go over this pass, and I think there's a cattle drive going on. I mean, it's a, it sucks. It does. Especially if your runner drops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's oh, happened yeah. to some of my pacers, so I'm going to apologize again for that. But um, but it, what what's nice about that is when you have pacers that do that thinking without you as a runner. Because right. the last thing you want to do to your runner is make them worry or think or or plan more. So I'm going to throw this out. If you're pacing, figure your own stuff out like that. It's, it's, just, it's, it's a relief, yeah. right? It, it really does. And, it's, and it is very, it could be complicated depending on your race. You know, some races, you know, the Bear 100, it's in our backyard, super pacer friendly. It is, and spectator friendly. Absolutely. Crew friendly as well. well. We'll talk about that next week with the crew too. Yeah, but when you get to a race, say like, because I've been out there like a Western States where it's point to point right but it's there's some there's some driving going on right so th- that's one of the hoodoos that are hard to figure out 
So I got another question for you. So you're pacing somebody or you're running as a, as a you know, participant of a race and somebody else's pacer is close to you, right? And they're annoying the hell out of you. Oh, my God. oh yes. Now this happens. <laughs> I wish we had a video camera it to, has to video these faces so right now. <laughs> as a, either as a pacer or as a runner, what do you do? I've experienced that as a pacer uh, with Debbie last year, that unnamed race. Um, you know, we had we had a, a pacer and runner really talkative behind us. Just, I mean, I'm talking probably a quarter mile back, and you could just hear him just talking about random stuff. Didn't even, even make any sense. Just like current events, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I, I basically had to get Debbie to, you know, kind of decide, you know, either we're running a little bit faster or we're letting these clowns pass because right. I, I can't do it. Um, right. And it was, you know, it annoyed. It was starting to annoy her. starting to annoy me a lot. I say it was messing with Debbie's chi. Yeah. Right. And, and, th and this race that we were running is, you know, there's like 30, 40 people in the entire race. And for a 100-mile point-to-point, and you get right in front of the, the person that just can't stop talking. The Encyclopedia Britannica. There was absolutely no need to be that close to somebody. You could go for... 30-something miles in this race and not see a soul, and we, for some reason, oh. locked in on mm. the two most annoying human beings on the face of the planet. And there's a lot of large animals out there, and, and right. they did not get mauled by a bear, eaten by a wolf. It was, That's it was too bad, right? You were hoping for that. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Well, you probably didn't have to worry about them being around, the bears and wolves being around because of the noise. That's true. It's like it's a, true. It's like it a bell. strategy. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a strategy. We're going to stick it by the, with these people because they're going to scare all Talk the wildlife out, out of here. every corner. So the last time I did the bear between uh, Tony Grove and Franklin, which is you know fifty to sixty, that ten mile section there, I was I was running. I was running without a pacer, and I, that's another you know topic we can maybe talk about. Um, there was a, a gal that I had caught up with that that runs in our area, and she had a pacer. And I don't think this guy's ever paced before, and he was really excited, and he had his little watch on. And it was beeping every 20 minutes to tell her, his runner, to eat or drink. And he was Chatty Cathy, and his watch was going off, and he was telling her, basically being a boss. Now, if you're going to be a pacer, don't be a boss. It, I, I don't think it does you any favors or your runner any favor. And basically, I had to make that decision. I, I ran pretty fast that next day on aid station. There was no way I was going to run 10 miles listening to that watch go off every 20 minutes. Well, and this, this, you know, it's a road runner. And that's, that's what, what it was. That's what I was just going to say. And it's, you know. It's a whole different yeah, mindset. It is. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to bash them. Okay, maybe I am. They don't know what the hell they're doing. No, I, I really, 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 I say that all the time. Not only does your runner need to know you, I actually think the runner at least has to have a few ultras under their belt. Absolutely. And, and your ultras that are more, okay, there are some ultras that cater to the roadrunner. Yep. So I don't think that is like real credibility. They actually have had to have an ultra that. Old school ultra. Old, yeah, right? old that's school. a good word. Old school ultra. Right. Because I've seen a few runners that are old school and have been almost pressured into having somebody pace them. Yeah. Please let me pace you. Please nope. let me pace you. And they think, oh, okay, this can't be that bad. No, 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 don't. no. no. It, don't do it. It's just it, it, with the watches and the we don't keep a pace. Yeah, there's no consistent. And that was the thing is he was trying to keep her on this consistent pace for that 10-mile section. And granted, the, the first climb out of Tony's Grove is if you're not feeling good, you're going to walk it. If you're feeling pretty good, you can run that whole section because yeah. it's almost downhill all the way over to Franklin. It's good stuff. But there's no need to try to maintain a 10-minute pace, you know, if you're a mid-packer over there because you're going to go up, you're going to go down. You're going to go down, 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 and then you got to cross that damn river, and then you got to try to find your way through all the, the you know, splinter trails. So if you're a roadrunner out there <laughs> listening, because I know some of you guys listen. Don't be mad. We're just saying. Hey, we're just speaking the truth. And maybe it's time for you to go away from that nonsense. Dive into the trail world full yeah, time. And the, and the word pacer kind of implies that you're, you're setting a pace. Well, that's and that you, you may or may not be doing that. It just depends on what your runner needs. Um, so for me, I would, I'd need to have somebody. I actually do want someone to set a pace. Right. Some people don't want that. Some people just want the company. But what I no one wants is someone to actually, you know, 
have a watch beeping or, no. you know, you missed your split by 35 seconds, you need right. to pick it up or, you know, it's just or crazy. Or you need to eat a gel. It's been 20 minutes since you had your last gel. No, no one is that Shut exact. up. You know, don't, don't be well, that person. Well, and I'll tell you, when I, when I was coming, you know, thinking about we were doing this show and I thought, okay, let's come up with some good, some good questions. I'm going to kind of search. I don't want to be redundant on what's already been said. If you type anything in that has to do with pacing, it's road running, right? Right. So I think as someone that's novice or new and you kind of want to get a head start and you type in, okay, I want to be, what do I do to pace? I mean, pacing a, a road race is completely different. And I think that's where it's, get, it's the same word. It's the same concept, but it gets lost in the translation of it. Because I've, I've had people come up to me, what was your pace on that 100-mile race? I'm like, my pace was between 7 and 23 <laughs> minutes. And well, they're I, looking at me like, what? And I'm like, You're yeah, not holding like a 3-hour you know, and 15-minute you know, no. you know, banner above your head while you're running. Yeah. Just, that's not what this is. So. And, that's, and that's where it's – I mean, it's a different game because you it get is. some of these faster – you know, way too cool is a fast, you know, ultra. But that's uh, a 50K, Rocky, right? Yeah, I mean, the you're Rocky not going to have a, You're not allowed to have a pacer for a 50K. But I'm just saying that those races where it's a little bit quicker, people will look at their pace. Well, yeah, right? absolutely. So say, that's I got, a different I gotta beast. Keep, I got to keep a 730 pace for right. this That's for this totally 50K. runnable course. Correct. Right? Well, and I don't know if you keep a pace because I've had, I mean, like with him, uh, for Buffalo, very runnable, but there wasn't necessarily a pace. It was, we need to get to X point within two miles Let's go. I mean, right. it's it's one of those things. And and actually, both of you, because I'm ne- sorry, Joel, I've never paced you. That's okay. But I've given instructions like make sure I'm eating and drinking. Right. I don't set my watch to beep every 20 minutes, but I'm looking down. I'm like, what have you? What have you drank? What have you eaten? Right. And actually, both of them fake ate and fake drank. I was just gonna bring <laughs> I that. Do that. I do that just a to lot. get her off, uh, get her off her back. You right. Know? If they're the pacers ahead of you. Here's a little tidbit. If the pacer's ahead of you and you got a handheld, for example, and it's 20, yeah. 20 ounces, dump okay, it out. Dump just it out. Squirt it to the side every once. So take a hit. Yep, right you there. You got some jelly, be- jelly beans in your hand. I swear to God, I ate them. Yep. But I you just dropped them. How helpful you know I mean? was that? Well, it got you off my it back a little bit. Yeah. So let me ask you this personal question on pacing. The pacer, because this happens, I've had people ask me this when they say, hey, I'm pacing so and so. And it. Because people want to hear and understand this. Pace, the pacer is in front of you. The pacer is behind you. Ooh. Huh? Right? Look at these. Look at these. Look at these eyes. You guys. Go ahead, Harrison. My front in front. Mine, mine will, I literally want someone to, to drag me. And I, I've had a, I've only, I think I've only had three people pace me. And it comes to a point in a race, and this is where I think the pacer helps me tremendously. And if anyone says that pacer doesn't help you, you, you probably pick the wrong pacer. Um, I want them to drag me because I know I've had pacers, you know, John Stewart, for example, at the bear, the first time I ever ran the bear. Um, and he paced me kind of by happenstance because a friend of ours dropped. Um, I know I would not have ran that. I probably would have ran it about an hour and a half slower. So I need someone to be in front and Push drag it. me. Pushing right. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I need to have somebody in front of me. I don't do well being pushed. I do better being pulled. Um, but pacing you the last five miles, I had to throw you in front of me because I guess that's another topic is what happens when something goes wrong with the pacer. Ooh, the, I've been dropping dropped. the pacer. I got dropped once. I've, yeah. I, no, I don't think I have, but I, yeah. Yeah, I got dropped by Tom and Corey at the bear one time. That was when I tore my meniscus, you know. We had that, that last little grunt and you have seven miles of downhill, my knee was done. Yeah. So, and then at that point, you know, you just try to limp it in. Yeah, you hobble it in. I mean, I've dropped pacers. I've never been dropped, but I think if you drop your pacer, that could be like a huge boost for you as a runner. I, I agree. think so. You know that, or you're gonna be worried about it maybe. And as a pacer, don't worry necessarily always about getting dropped. If if you're ready for ready for it and you're prepared for it, and you get dropped, that could be a good thing. Right. That could be, hey, my runner is on a high, and maybe I just couldn't keep up that day. Well, and as the runner, to know to be smart enough to realize when your pacer is now being a detriment. The pacer needs to be gracious enough to right. say, go, go, yeah, go, go. Exactly. You're feeling good, go. I'm about ready to die because whatever's gone wrong. Yeah. Because I know in races, I've, uh, with my pacers, um, I've liked it in the front, liked it in the back, right? Both <laughs> so, ways. Both yeah, ways. Both sometimes. ways, right? So, <laughs> depends on the mood. It depends That's on right. the mood, depends on the lighting. So, you know, the sun going down, the sun's coming up. So, you, 
It depends on the situation. Depends on what they're serving at the aid station. That's right. Too. <laughs> you, you throw some, you throw some bacon. My pacer's going to be behind me because I'm going to raise them to the bacon, right? So, that's right. <laughs> so that's a question that get asked. I get asked all the time. Is like, hey, I'm pacing so and so. Should I should I run in front of them? Do I do I run behind them? Like, you know, that's more up to your pacer. But generally, you usually see the pacer in in the lead, right? Because that's kind of what their role is. Right. Lead. Make sure you hit the turn. Make sure you're on the right course. Um, but you know, you see them on the back end too. Right. I think if I had a pacer again, because I'm kind of against it now, um, if I ever got in the hard rock, I'm going to have a pacer. And for the most part, though, I want to be out front because hmm. I want to set the pace because I still want to be in control because I'm kind of a control freak. I want to set that pace. And if I want to run fast, I don't want to have to nudge my pacer to run fast. I just want to kind of find that, that tune on my iPod and I want to freaking go. Well, I saw I saw that firsthand at the bear one year. Right. I was pacing somebody, and we had gone by you and your pacer. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, remember that. Yeah. And then it was that last downhill, so oh, we yeah. hit the ranger dip and the ranger dip aid station. Oh my gosh, I was dying going went up ranger that dip. one steep climb and downhill, and I'm running, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Well, so no, so here's yeah, my, here's my perspective on that real quick, and I'll let him finish. We got out of ranger dip, and I was so furious that I was going slow. And I was so mad that some people were passing me. And you shouldn't be, right? But I was, because I'm, I'm a little competitive at that point. We get to the top of that, that, that climb, and Jim Skaggs was pacing me for the last 25, and we'd done nothing but walk. I was hallucinating badly at one point. I thought there was basketball goals in the woods. And I kept turning to Jim and said, Jim, why is that basketball goal out here in the woods? I don't understand. So finally, you and Curtis passed me, yeah. going in the ranger dip. I get some food in, we, we, we march up, and there was some, somebody else's pacer was having too much fun. It was annoying. So we get to the top, and Jim's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yep, I remember that part too. And I'm like, I'm done. I, I put on like tool, I said, Jim has to catch me. And I said, he's gonna work, because he's done nothing but walk, and I feel terrible about it, and I freaking blazed that last seven miles. And he did, because he came flying by me and Curtis, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there goes. I mean, I was, I was pacing, and I'm yeah. like, I don't know if I could keep that pace with Joel. And so me and Curtis are, we're, you know, we're running. You know, we're going down the hill. It was the first 100. He did a great job. And next thing you know, about literally five minutes later at least, Jim comes by. Have you guys seen Joel? I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, he was, he took off like his butt was on fire, right? Yeah, I mean, it He's was. raging. Yeah, it was. It was like Smurf nuts had kicked in, and it was just balls out. It it was so much fun. Oh, and you looked like you had fun. And it you was were... so much fun. It was so all the way to the finish. That set last seven miles, we ran every step. When Jim finally did catch up, I to say me, Jim caught you. He finally caught up to me. Like it took two miles for Jim to catch up to me, though. It was awesome. I was like, "You're gonna work, buddy, to catch me." That was that was impressive. I mean, even as it was a, fun. to see someone with that kind of downhill energy at the end of a race i mean me and curtis are like holy cow and i'm like what do you think curtis he's like no so <laughs> poor curtis yeah that would have been you at wasatch though away your goal oh that was a good year yeah. that was yeah. a good finish you, ran, you came in under 30 hours on that one right yep i did yeah that was fast that was just the downhill that was kind of the same thing i just wanted to be done yeah you, sometimes when you want to be done you can smell the barn you will you just hit it find it smurf nuts it. that's right you gotta find those smurf oh. nuts okay <laughs> so here here we go we're kind of getting near the end we'll close some stuff out but as a pacer, I want everybody to think, and you have been prepped on this, okay? What is one of your all-time favorite? Okay, just I'm gonna just one, okay, for time's sakes. Your time you were pacing. What was your one of your? What is your favorite story as the pacer? Like, what do you remember? Because mm. I've heard some zingers in the past. I mean, I have some zingers, but what is your your fun little pacer story? Who are we gonna start with? Who's ready? Mm. Who's ready? Uh, yeah, I have a bad story about myself as a pacer. Let's hit it. Counts. Let's hit it. When was that? Last year? Two years ago at the Bear? Pacing John? Oh. Well, it was so, a mud year. Yeah, it was a mud year. It was a mud year. Yeah, so I um, I had John from, is it Tony Grove? Is that about, about mile 50? Yeah, that's mile 50. So I had a, I, I bit off a 50-mile pacing duty. Right. You know. So um, I was pacing John. Uh, I think we probably got only five or six miles in. And I don't know how to say this. Is this is this PG or is this the ratings have gone? If it gets too bad, Basically I can just put a edited. scowler over you. Okay. Basically, you know, I started hitting the woods like hard. 
Oh, that's right. Like I'm talking. At first, it was like maybe every. St- you know, started benign every like half hour or so, and uh, it got to the point where I was like in the woods every like five ten minutes. That's just when you just or run with your shorts off. It makes well, it easier. Yeah, well, you, that started at mile fifty. And the best part is that continued into the next day because <laughs> some, smiling the best some, part. Somebody <laughs> gave me a ride home from from the bear the next day, and Brian all of a sudden she's in front of us. All of a sudden she turns, oh, yeah. she turn, like pulls over as fast as she can. Harrison gets out of the car, <laughs> and he's got his pants down around oh, his yeah. ankles. Oh, it was in Sardine Canyon. There yes, it was in Sardine Canyon. And oh, no. he's got the worst ass disease you've ever seen. It was horrendous. And he's like painting the, the sage breast just brown. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, Little it was, dumb and dumber moment. Yeah, that's right. It was absolutely, it was, it was the worst. Exp- I can't even describe to you how horrible of an experience that was. But, you know, it's one of those things where you just hope that you're not actually being a detriment to your to your to your runner. So right. the only way I was able to get rid of that until the ride home when I had a, an emergency, you know, exit. I literally from <laughs> what is that Beaver Lodge? Yeah. Uh, 75 or something. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't eat or drink anything for the last 25 miles. Right. So after that point, it wasn't too bad, but I literally could not su- consume a single calorie, any water. That's the only way I could survive and have, you know, John still let me run with him. So that's my horrible horrible that's pacing a, experience. That's a PTPS. Post-traumatic pacer syndrome. If you need to take a minute and step uh, away, that felt good to get it off my chest. That's so. I'm glad. It was like one of the, yeah, helps me heal. I think. All right. Yeah, I think. What's so. another pacer story? I don't have like a funny one. I don't think. Do you have? <laughs> do you have a good one? You paced. What was a moment when you're pacing that you thought this 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 is why I'm doing this? This is why I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, probably when you finished Wasatch last time. What was that, two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. I mean, you were struggling. And yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was hot. <laughs> the last uh, few aid stations really didn't have any food. And, yeah, uh, grapes don't do it for me. Yeah, and a uh, couple M&Ms. I know Harry's big on M&Ms, but... Skittles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was pretty pretty good. I thought that was pretty special. Wow, great. I'm just glad I finished. God, my pacer moment. This is actually a selfish pacer moment. Jim Skaggs, Salt Flats. Jeremy and Amy do the only real aid station. So previous aid station where Eric drops off Jim. Mm, I cooked a hot dog with my hands. Yeah. That's right. I burned <laughs> my hot gloves. Dog. Hot dog hands? Oh, <laughs> hot dog hands. <laughs> Jim wanted hot dogs. There were Boy Scouts. The hot dogs were cold. And you know they how had Boy a fire. Scouts are. They had no yep. intentions of cooking yep. these hot dogs. Nope. Eric rolled a hot dog across a rock near the fire, burned his hands. Jim ate burned two cold hot gloves. Burned his gloves, too. <laughs> I still have the gloves. That was like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, so we head out on this section and... Honestly, I don't know how I didn't know this, but the salt flats, that is as cold as I have ever been during a race. Mm. I've been snowed on during races and still not as been as cold as I was out at salt flats. Anyway, we went to Jeremy and Amy's aid station and it's, there's a fire and it's the only hill in the salt flats. So we'd climbed up this little hill. There's a fire. Well, we, I got to get Jim out of there. And Jim's only motivation, motivation is he's not getting passed by this lady that was behind us. And I'm sorry if you know the lady or what. So my goal was to get to Lori that I knew was on the road with a warm car. Right. So I told Jim we have to run. Jim decides, okay, we'll run. We're running downhill. And his only motivation is not to get passed by this lady and I'm trying to get warm. Jim full on catches his toe and flips. Like he does a full somersault down the salt flats. The only thing I could think of is get your ass up. We are running to Lori's car. <laughs> and he did it. But it was seriously bad pacer moment because there was right. no sympathy there. No. No. Because I thought Jim Jim can take a hit or two. Yeah. I didn't even check old. to see if he was bleeding. He was he's fine. Old, he's, tough. he's old and tough. <laughs> he you know? can take a it's hit like or two. He's a grizzle. <laughs> yeah. And that will be the last time I ever paced Jim's gags at Salt Flats. That's right. I, I, I will never pace there again, too. So. So my, my pacing experience, my fun one, and it kind of turns into a good one, is that I, I paced Curtis Thompson uh, for his first 100-miler, and uh, I think I'm chewing on that dog uh, thing going on right now. But uh, I was pacing Curtis, and he, he was starting to hallucinate. And it was his first 100, and he's like, that is the biggest elk I have ever seen. And he started to slow down like he was scared. He's like, I don't, he almost like, I don't want to go around it. Look at that elk here. And I'm like, I'm excited because I'm a huge wildlife guy. I'm like, I don't see an elk. And it was a tree stump, which we found out later. And he's like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Holy cow, that's weird. And Curtis is very, he knows himself well. Right. And so 
a little bit later, we go up the hill, and he's like, Eric. I'm like, yeah. And we're, we're, in the, we're way back in the mountains here, right? And he's like, what? You see those guys? And I'm looking around like, okay, there's some other runners coming. He saw a, I believe it was a father and son playing Frisbee or, or playing catch <laughs> in the mountains with a station wagon. Now, mind you, a station wagon couldn't get anywhere near where we were. And I'm looking in the same spot. And he's like, look like at them. They're just playing catch. What Clark are they doing? And I'm like, Griswold out there, yeah. right? I'm like, I don't. And he, he was kind of beating himself up a little bit. But it turned into a great experience because he finished his first 100. And it was great. But that was when people hallucinate. I'm sorry. And I, if it's I do funny. it, that's great. Oh, yeah. But it happens. It's, it's funny. It, right? And I think that's, as a pacer, you have to expect that to happen because things get weird in the middle of the night okay so, early in the morning too so if someone asks you to pace for the people out there that have never paced should they pace is it something they should everybody should get a chance to do everybody should be a pacer at some point uh no i'm gonna say maybe i i i love pacing but there are some people that i actually and i won't name yeah. names i would never pace for right i'm sitting right here so i appreciate you not naming names <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It just depends on the person. Right. Um, I don't think everyone's probably cut out for it, but nope. it just depends, you know, if you find that one runner that will can stand you for 25 miles, I guess. Right. I think it absolutely helps. I think it's a huge benefit. I Hats off to people who don't need pacers. I personally can't. I think you're going to learn a lot that. as a pacer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what. If you go into it with an open mind and you're going to be really flexible with the game plan, you're going to learn a lot. And it's going to be really valuable. So... There's four of us sitting here who on at this table has paced before they ran a hundred miler and they the reason they ran a hundred because they paced first. Anyone? No. Nope. No? Nope. Oh, paced and first? then ran a hundred? Yeah. Oh absolutely. See, that's oh, yeah. what I, I did. did. I, I did too. I mean I, I paced and I wasn't I didn't run the hundred mile because I paced. It was always in the game plan, but I think that's that's how you learn, right? Yeah. I've so, I've never paced for a race that I ran the 100 miler. So, so I, I I intentionally run really long races out of state because it kind of ups the commitment value in my head. There you go. Super inconvenient True. for your pacers. Right. Because they have to like fly there, drive there, take an entire like three, four days out of their life. But they have, have you, to think of it as a vacation. Have you yeah. ever had a problem filling those roles though? Never. See, so that's another thing. People want to go. People want to be a part of it. Because my I would have never, I shouldn't say that, I had no desire on ever to run a hundred miler until I paced. I paced Scott yeah. Jaime and I thought, and I only paced him, I want to say just 15 miles. And I thought this, okay, I'm in, this is super cool. Right. And then I made him, I, you know, I said, you know what? I paced you 15 miles. You can pay me back next year. So the next year he paced me 60 miles at Wasatch. That's even. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That <laughs> good. yeah. So I think we we're fair. Good I mean, he, I, I think so. he set the PR and the course record for the hundred Wasatch 100 K. <laughs> Drop the hammer. <laughs> he, he dropped the hammer. <laughs> he did. So, well, I think, uh, you know, as far as that goes, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. So, we got a couple things we need to uh, talk about, right? Yeah, real quick. Yeah. So, we're going to do a contest. Yeah. Right. So, we've got an Ultra Spire Revolution vest, brand new, spanking new, in the plastic. In the stuff. plastic. What you need to do to is qualify that, hey, to is win there a this. size on that? I don't I think don't on think the Revolution no, there is. No. Nope. It's, it's, it's uh, all one red. size fits all. It's a red color. It's red. Mm -hmm. So in order to win this brand new vest, the Revolution, look it up, ultraspire.com, you need to comment. Ultraspire.net. Is that what it is? I think it might be. Just Google Ultraspire yeah. and hit their homepage, right? Right. So what you need to do is leave us your best pacing story. On Facebook, please. On Facebook, your best pacing story. We will pick the winner okay. and we'll... It, doesn't, it can be the best... You know, answer. Oh, that's all it's going to yeah. be—the best one. Right. You know, whether it's you it's know, my pacer did it, it, this. There's or, no criteria how we're going to choose this. Yeah. So if you get butt hurt over not winning, too bad. Better luck next time. Yeah. Right. So we're going to do that. We're going to have a giveaway for the Revolution Pack. What else, Joel? Oh yeah. So we have who we got coming up next week. Well, I mean, it's not in pen, but it's like in really like I wrote really hard in with my pencil, so it's going to be hard to get erased. <laughs> that's right. right. And you, you've texted this person. Yeah. Right. And so we're going to do a follow-up show because, it, you know, pacing is not the only segment to this stuff, right? So no. the other side to it is crewing. Right. Which I think is maybe even equally or more important. Exactly. Right. So we're going to do a show on crewing. That's right. And we have the expert crewer. The crew master. That's right. And uh, he's got a new crew vehicle. He does. As of yesterday, right? 
<laughs> so next week, our show, um, there's a lot of giggles going around the table. There's a little inside joke there, and so maybe we'll bring it out next week. Maybe we'll let them discuss it on the show. Right, But exactly. the next show, we're hoping, and we have it in dark pencil, no pressure, but there is, with uh, Wayne Farka. Yeah, the, the master of crewing. The master of the crew, right. and... Uh, his his wonderful wife Debbie. Right. So that's that's our goal for next week. And then what's on the horizon though? Well, so Nate Graven, we've talked about him a lot. He's our he's our guy. He's our guy. And we I mean, we can stop right there. And a lot of other people say he's my guy too. Yeah. That's my guy, man. He's that's my, guy. my guy. No, no. Yeah, see, everybody at this table is that's a guy, but he's yeah. more my guy. No. I'm going to have to one up you. He was my guy first. But I've oh. got one speed dial. You know what I mean? He's my I I I kind of discovered him, right? He was your first. Raised him up. I think you left swipe. Pup. Didn't you left swipe on Tinder? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's a good place anyways. to find a pacer, too. <laughs> That's right. It's a good Craigslist Craig's is a place list. to find the yep. pacer. But anyway, so Nate Graven's going to hopefully join us and talk about, you know, body work, massage work, performance uh, massage, and how it can help you as uh, an ultra runner, trail runner, how you can reach your, your, your goals with using that modality. That tool. Yeah. And then... Buffalo run after that? Yeah, we also that have take us uh, up some to the nutrition Buffalo? stuff, right? Well, yeah. So we've been threatening. We've been talking about this. Suzanne Lewis, my dear, I know you're nervous to come on the show. I know you think that you're not going to sound good. Don't worry about it. You're going to be just fine. You're going to bust us all in the knees with some fantastic nutritional information. You're up next, lady. So there you have it. That's a right. Shout out, a call out. Call and a, out. You're next. So that's right. And then after that, the Buffalo Run. I think we're going to try to head out there, take the bus out there. Yep. Do some interviews. So if you want to be on the show, let us know. Right. That's right. We'll, we'll be, be at the Buffalo there. Run. Yeah. We'll be the guys uh, next to the green bus with the canopy and uh, maybe an ice beer. chest. Yeah. yeah. Some beer. Well, I want to take a second and just tell Harrison and Brian thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, we really no appreciate it. It's yeah. our first time we've had two guests. Yeah. And I think the insight's invaluable, and I can't wait to see some of the comments. So. Thank you both for hosting this, your graciousness, and your friendship. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Brian and Harrison for joining us today to talk about pacing. Uh, We also want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners, or you can swing by our website at trailmanners.com. Once you're there, you can pick up some cool shirts or hats. You can swing by our contact page. Let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you even want to be on the show. So until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.